Welcome in on this Green and Gold Monday. Packers get a win. They knock off the defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, 27-19, the final. And lo and behold, the Packers find themselves back at even. Six and six on the season. And now they just, uh, over the next five games, you try to figure it out. And you try to, you know, kind of get to yourself to 9-10 wins. And then you're going to find yourself maybe getting your first experience at the postseason with uh, your new quarterback, which would be terrific experience. Now, your top three teams, Philadelphia, San Francisco, even Detroit. Detroit, you could probably beat. Uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas would be a wild card at this point. Um, you face either of those two teams because you would have come in as the, the bottom seed. You would probably end up facing, depending on how the season winds down, either Philadelphia or San Francisco. I don't know if they've got the horses to go into either and compete and win, but th- this is a good first start. It's a good first start. Uh, Mike says, is anybody worried about the Giants game being a trap game? Emotions have been high the last couple of weeks. Funny that the tickets for the Giants game are available starting at 34 to $32. Well, first of all, over in the Meadowlands, they know the Giants suck. So nobody cares about the Giants. Uh, it's only a year removed from Dable winning the coach of the year, which is amazing. And look how far they've fallen. So... You know, yeah, they 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 came in with a lot of belief this year, uh, but they way overpaid Daniel Jones, and he wasn't the guy. And now they regret it, and that team is kind of stuck. So, first and foremost, uh, yeah, that's the reason the tickets are so low. But that's great because if there's Packers fans, and I, I saw quite a few Packers fans last night that said, "Hey, uh, I've decided to make the trip over to New York." That's great. You're probably going to get a, a, a pretty sizable influx of Packers fans into the Meadowlands for that game coming up on Monday night. So, yeah, I, I, I can believe it. I can believe the ticket sales right now are pretty low over there. The thought of a track trap game, um, I think, one, it's real. Two, it's for a, a team that is learning how to handle success. Now, I know people want to argue. I was going over this last night, the whole thing about being the youngest team in the National Football League and this and that. They got younger because they got rid of older players. They, You can maybe say a little more inexperienced at certain places, but you've got, you know, you're, you're starting Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. Both of those guys are second-year guys. Really, Jaden Reed's your starter and Tucker Craft or um, – you know, your, your other tight end, Luke Musgrave, those are the two guys that are the younger. Other than that, everybody's been around. The inexperience would come from Jordan Love not being your full-time starter, but other than that, everybody's been around. Your offensive line has been around. Your defensive front has been around. Your linebackers have been around. Your secondary, yeah, they're new this year, but it's because of injury. But it wasn't supposed to be that way at the beginning of the season. So I, I get it, but eh, I don't. It's just a team that, you know, through the experience of their quarterback where they need to believe in Jordan Love and they need to understand that he can win them ball games. that's when things begin to really kind of snowball in the positive direction. Uh, Farmer says, any updates on Watson? No, nothing yet. I haven't seen, Grant, have you seen anything on, uh, on Twitter at all? I don't think Matt LaFleur has even spoken yet, to be honest with you. Today? Yeah. 
No, nothing today. They've been going later on in the day the last few weeks, uh, which has yeah. pushed Mike back with us, too. I haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't seen much. So to answer your question, no, no new update yet. Uh, but as soon as we hear something, we'll let you know for sure. For sure. Um, this one's from uh, Gentleman Jay, who says, what a huge win last night. Is this the best win of Matt LaFleur's career? We were debating this last night. I would say no, but others would say yes. What are your thoughts? No. He's been in NFC Championship games. So the game leading up to that would be his biggest win in his career as a head coach. Now, maybe you could say, is this his best best coaching job? I would even argue no to that. And the reason being is because of the baggage that he had that first season. The He's done a good job coaching this year, okay? But you had to be more of a co- more than just a coach that first year with Aaron Rodgers because of everything that went on. The sudden departure of Mike McCarthy. You know, the behind-the-scenes stories of Aaron Rodgers wanting it his way, the massaging of that ego, him holding out until the last minute uh, because he wants to air the grievances about how veteran players are treated and how he wants to be a part of the organization, but he wants things to change. And, you know, all he just not only did he have to install an offense, he had to, in addition to that, massage a relationship. And I think overall that was probably going from where they were the year prior and firing Mike McCarthy to then turning it around, going to 13-3 and in an NFC Championship game. That was his best coaching job. Let's be honest. Because also, don't forget, he was doing it as a new head coach. Now he's been around the block a couple of times. He knows how to treat players in a certain direction, certain way, and how he knows how to massage the egos. So, no, I, I think that first year was his best. Was last night a good game? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you really want to go back, look at what they did last year to Dallas. That was a brilliant performance. Go back, uh, you know, a couple of years prior to that, to some of the big games that they had won, beating the Rams. They, that was a brilliant performance. So you can go through a lot of those different scenarios, but, no, I, I'd say his, his first year – uh, and people will argue, well, you had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but you had to bring Aaron Rodgers back to center. And that is a much more – and you're finding that out. That's a much more monumental task than just saying, here's the football, go go win games. Because he wasn't all there. Not in the beginning he wasn't until they got on the same page. Now, as time went on, it became more and more evident that that there was not going to be a harmonious um, reunion year after year after year. It just, it, it just never happened that way. But, Grant, would you say that am – I, am I off base here, or is there something else that you can think of that would be Matt LaFleur's best coaching performance? Ooh. No, I – that's a good question. This this would probably be my leader in the clubhouse for this year. I, I think the the short week against Detroit was awesome, but this is – I mean, they didn't sneak up on anybody this week, right? I don't right. know that they totally snuck up on Detroit, but they probably a little sneakier than they were to Kansas City this week. This is Sunday Night Football. So, yeah, I, I think especially without Aaron Jones, it's got to be his best game. Yeah. I, w- I would 
I would say his best game, but not best coaching performance. That might be the best way to put it. Uh, this one's from this is from Longhorn fan who says, uh, "What do you think about the FSU team being left out of the Final Four? Look, I, we'll get into a lot of that tomorrow. Um, I have my own opinion. I look, the committee was not going to get it right, no matter who they put in. But you could tell two weeks ago that momentum started to build for them to put Alabama in. I cannot believe they dropped Georgia out and put Alabama in." And then because of how far they dropped Alabama and what they did to Texas, that they almost were forced by the way they reconfigured things to to do it that way. But it's because they put themselves in, in their own bad spot. And I think any time and, and Florida State's coach has every right to be pissed off. Anytime a Power 5 team, does not make it because they have a, a, an unblemished record and an SEC team, which they feel the need has to be there, has maybe one loss. Like the SEC team is automatically better. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's horrible. And then the other thought on this, and then I'll be done with it, the other thought on this is that, well, they can't believe what they did to Georgia. Oh, look at Georgia, 29 straight victories. And it, but that wasn't this season. You know, that would be the same as saying, look, the Packers have a storied past. So even though all things are equal on all sides, because the Packers have won so many championships, both pre and post the Super Bowl overall, the Packers just because pedigree should be there. But you know that's ludicrous. You got to earn it. And I think Florida State did everything they could after their quarterback went down to win those games and to prove they belong to be there. And otherwise, now, and the good point is, is look at their quarterback. Okay, so they went from being an undefeated team that was a lock to be in the Final Four to being an undefeated team without their quarterback that is not in the Final Four just because their quarterback isn't there. Well, then he should automatically win the Heisman Trophy because he was that important to that team. I mean, that's how ridiculous this whole thing came out to be. And, you know, Georgia has a legitimate gripe. Florida State has a legitimate gripe. Other teams have a legitimate gripe, but what they did to FSU was flat out wrong. And no matter what logic they give you, they all talk about, well, by the model and by the metrics. And no, you took a top five team, you eliminated them because you think they can't compete without their star player. And I think that's wrong. I mean, that you should have just then told Florida State when their quarterback went down going, hey, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the season, you're not getting in anyway. And I think that's where the garbage comes in. I think they did a disservice. So that's my my two-minute rant. All right, let's do this. Speaking of rants, uh, carrying us the rest of the way is going to be our guy, Mike Clements. He's going to be joining us coming up next. This, uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort. They are up north. And if you're looking for snowmobile trails, if you're looking for ski hills, they've got it all. Four Seasons Island Resort, Pine Mountain. Timberstone Ski and Golf Resort as well. Both places under one umbrella. Call our girl Barb, 715-938-5110. 715-938-5110. They have a uh, kind of a holiday dinner. They have got a New Year's Eve uh, party going on. They have got an Al Capone's birthday party going on. They have got so much going on at the Four Seasons Island Resort. And also skiing is going to start up when the weather stays cold enough to support the snow. They're going to start making it again. 
But uh, Pine Mountain Ski and Golf Resort, they're going to be making the snow there as well, so you can go up and do some skiing. Both places, fantastic. And if you tell them you heard it here, you get 15% off your stay. Call our girl Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go, ho, ho? Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. It's huge. You know, for me personally, just obviously I've had this game you know, circled for a long time. It's my first card. I'm obviously going to play high level two in the first game. So, you know, we see these guys again and get the Victory is huge. You know, this is a great team winning tonight. You know, everybody just called out. So, it was awesome. Win for Jordan Love. Win for the Green Bay Packers. They're back at 6-6, six and six, knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs since week eight. They're one of the worst scoring teams in the National Football League. Terrible in the second half of ball games. And in addition to that, they have been turning the ball over a lot more as of late as well. But uh, that being said, the Packers took advantage of a very good defense, and they were able to move the ball up and down the field and put it in the end zone, something we had not seen consistently all season long. So big stuff coming out of Green Bay last night. Joining us now on the hotline, our guy, Mike Clemens. Mike, oh, big win last night, man. Yeah, how you doing, man? I know you had pretty much an all-nighter there. I know that I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what time you got home, but it was uh, it was it was quite the trek last night. I never did. I have uh, I did not <laughs> leave Green Bay, uh, and um, I got I got a nap in this morning. We'll put it this way. Hey, listen, I always you know, if you just ask me a week ago, yeah, best quarterback head coach combination in the NFL. Before you finish the sentence, I say Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Andy Reid is he's already pretty much on his way to Canton. With the Super Bowl wins he's had in Kansas City, he took the Eagles to a Super Bowl. He's been a longtime coach since, you know, 99. Uh, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And you beat great offensive minds like that. But then you also beat Steve Spagnolo. And I've got a couple of long one-on-one interviews here that I kind of dug up for the file just to give people reference as to what happened last night, who they beat last night. Because Steve, it's 2007, and Brett Favre comes back, and now he goes from 8-8 eight and eight to 13-3. and three. NFC Championship game against the New York Giants and Michael Strahan. And what happens? Favre throws that interception intended for Donald Driver. The Giants go on with you know, an up-and-down season and beat the undefeated, the 18-0 New England Patriots 
in Super Bowl Forty Two, the helmet game, you know, with David Tyree. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, and so when you took us to the Super Bowl this past uh, last winter, and we're out there in Phoenix, and there's Steve Spagnuolo. I talked about covering that Super Bowl when the Giants got past the Packers and Brett Favre and went on to upset and, and beat the Patriots. And I said I had a sit-down with Steve, and we talked about that year. There were these Giants heads, a few of them, in the parking lot, holding signs that said 18-1. and one. Yeah. I just know one thing, that our, our players were so motivated and driven a little bit by that. Um, they didn't want to see 19-0. and 0. And it was just a, a really glorious thing to watch. Uh, the way they played defensively, our guys that day, against that particular offense with Randy Moss and Tom, they had some great backs. Um, and they were just piling up on people that particular year. They were way ahead of their time. It's almost like what these teams are doing now in terms of numbers. Um, but we played, we played as a unit and were motivated to get after the quarterback, and that's what they did that day. You guys, the team hotel was way out in Tucson. And Thursday night was... Are the Eagles staying at that same one? Yeah. It's like the NFC Hotel, I think. And Thursday night, there weren't many reporters. And there's Michael Strahan sitting there at a table with a microphone. And he said to me, he looked at me, he said, and Antonio Pierce, great guy, he came to me. Yeah. Antonio was like the glue that kept that whole thing together. He's coaching now. Yeah, he's with the, uh, with the Raiders. We tried, tried to bring him here to Kansas City when he first got here. Strahan's sitting there, and he looked at me, he said, hey, come here. He goes, where is everybody? I said, Michael, they've all filed their stories. They're downtown at the parties. And he went, oh. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were over. Oh, they had it signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah, motivated them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. those guys, they they used Michael did OC, Justin Tuck. They used all of that. Were there little things that you, your guys were doing against their offensive line? Were there little tendencies you there could pick up? There was a couple of nuances we used in there. There was a particular blitz we put in that was a little bit different. There was something we did in short yardage. We did a something coverage-wise that we had never done before that helped us on a fourth down. And to the player's credit, you know, when you put things in like that and, and you tweak it and change it, you know, you're relying on the guys to execute it the way you tweaked it. And uh, our guys did that day. They, I, they played as a unit with a one, you know, one goal in mind, and that was not to let that offense score or beat us, and they did it. You know, Mike, uh, very good insight there. I remember that conversation that you had with him. Now you fast forward, and, you know, the Packers, I thought, did a magnificent job of whatever Spagnola was going to throw at them and how they wanted to pursue uh, Jordan Love and that offense. I, I thought whether it was a five-man rush and they did a good job of the gut, or running Jaden Reed wide to keep the edges honest. I, I thought a lot of what they did, even though it didn't work every time, it set up a lot of different plays later on in the game. Later in the game, there were some penalties called that seemed to get the Packers' offense out of rhythm. But you came out with another fast start. And, you know, I'm sure fans, because I asked some, had some text me after the win in Detroit, like, who are these guys? Who are these Packers? Because they remember – that game against the Atlanta Falcons where you're back and forth and now you got the ball in your hand over a couple of minutes and you throw four or five incompletions? You know, where did these guys come from? And you, you've got to listen to what they say. Um, you've got receivers that are running better routes and in better timing. You've got a quarterback who's seeing those receivers, one, two, three, one, two, three. You know, he's going through the progressions better. His eyes can track them and find them better. And I was actually going to ask this question of LaFleur this afternoon. I was going to put it off until today. But to to me, 
how good of a job is Jordan Love when he comes to line and can see if there's a blitz coming, especially against a guy like Spags, who went from the Giants to head coach of the Rams, but that was a bad ownership in St. Louis, and now with Andy Reid winning Super Bowls and in-game adjustments with a, with a veteran defensive line. And, and you know something? That's the key, too. And I think the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love is this. Aaron would say he could see it before they broke the huddle. Oh, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, do this. And then Aaron would make, perhaps make so many changes, it screwed up the offense. Right now, it seems like the offensive line is changing their protection. Love knows that they're making that shift, yet he can still keep within the play and then and get the ball off if, if he has to move his platform or whatever. Slight adjustments to keep the rhythm going. And he asked about last night after the game, how is the pass protection and the, your ability to recognize the blitz help like that 33-yard pass to Dobbs you know, late in the game or the 12-yard touchdown to Watson to make it 21-12 in the third quarter? You just got to, with this defense, you never know when they're going to bring it. You know, they do a really good job disguising their stuff, so you kind of always got to uh, be alert for it, try and pick up on the little tails, little keys. But, yeah, you know, on that one to Christian, they did end up bringing it. Um, we got to a, a protection that picked it up, um, was able to give me enough time to just kind of buy some time and let Christian work and um, put it up for him, and he, he went up there and made a great play. You said the coverage on that fourth and one to Romeo was kind of showed that you should throw it there. What what did you see? Yeah, we kind of have like a three-level throw, um, and, you know, number two ran a, a shorter out route. I felt the safety kind of grabbing grabbing him um, and kind of let Romeo go. So I just put it up there, and, yeah, the, the safety, he, he wasn't able to get back to that play. Jordan, you have three touchdown passes tonight all against blitzes, or I think actually all season against blitzes. Yeah, I think for me personally, it's just being able to see this stuff. Um, I've got more reps. I'm more comfortable um, understanding where I need to go with the ball. I think the O-line is doing a great job just being able to pick this stuff up. You know, it's not easy when they're bringing the all-outs and these blitzes, things like that. Um, but they've been doing a great job giving me time. And then receivers, obviously, just they're having awareness of when they need to be open um, and how long I got. And, and then just going out there and making plays. But um, it's, it's definitely something we as a team have just been – we've practiced. We, we know um, <clears throat> it's something teams are going to bring, and we've got to be able to execute and go out there and uh, make, make sure they don't do it again. You know, Mike, um, last night the one thing I noticed that there was a very good command – of the offense uh, from Jordan Love, not just in the play calling of Matt LaFleur, but a command of the offense. The only thing, there was a couple of times where they got out of the huddle, they had a lot of adjustments. Next thing you know, the clock is running down. Yeah, but listen to this. It's intentional. I didn't see this. I don't know if anybody's talking. By the way, did you just hear Jordan Love there? Oh, yeah, third-level throw, the number two. Da, da, da. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to slow this down and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, you're going too fast to write this down and go, oh, 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 I see. Oh, God, that's pretty complicated. That's how fast this kid's processor works. Mm -hmm. And and after the game, he's probably a little uh, less guarded than he is when he talks to us on Wednesdays and Thursdays, you know, just kind of talking. He's guarded, guarded with the game plan. That kid's smart. That kid's smart. And then you go over to the Chiefs' side, and Andy Reid says, no, no, he's not running it down because they're late getting the play in. It's intentional. Yeah, listen, I mean, they, they made plays. I mean, they're, they, they, they used the clock. They were um, letting it run down to that five seconds and below, and um, and they were getting first down. So that becomes that becomes a problem. you gotta, you got to get on off the off the field on on defense you got to stay on the field on offense and not shoot ourselves and that's my listen that's my responsibility for for that so 
we've got to be we've got to be better prepared to to take care of the, that that stuff right there. And uh, you do that, and then you, you you can win a game. But in this league, there's too much parity, and you come out and they're well coached. They got good players. You come out and self destruct like that in certain areas, and then you have a problem. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. And Mike, as always, brought to you by the Bay Motel Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, only a mile from Lambeau Field. You can find it all right there. And it's perfect for a family stay or maybe go over to the Bay Family Restaurant and stop in and get some of Mike's favorite chili or just a a good home-cooked meal. Home cooking seven days a week. The Bay Motel on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today, 920-494-3441, 34 41 give them a shout or go to baymotelgreenbay.com that is baymotelgreenbay.com we'll be back right covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network What a neat moment. First NFL touchdown. Sims goes to the right corner of the end zone, gets hit with a nice loft, and next thing you know, he's in. The Packers first score of the contest. The opening drive culminates, and the rest is history. Welcome back to the program. Packers won four of their last five. They've climbed back to 6-6. Six and six. They won last night against the defending champs. What a big night in uh, in Green Bay. Joining us back on the hotline now our guy Mike Clemens and and Mike, you know, look, uh, that's always an incredibly special moment. But to do it in that sense and then to do it against the defending champs, they call your number on the opening drive. I mean, that's that's got to be absolutely thrilling for him. On Sunday night football, uh, a week after yeah. you upset the Lions in front of 37 and a half million fans, highest rated Thanksgiving early early day game. People with all these expectations, and who do you throw the first touchdown to? The last guy you would think of, and you know this Ben Sims kid out of Baylor, six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds. Where's the number eighty nine? He's lined up a little bit over there on the right hand side in the slot. And you know, if things had gone the right way for the Packers this year, the depth chart would have read Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Josiah DeGora, who is still uh, out uh, with his hip injury on inactive last night, Tiger Davis, who who blew his ACL, but you're like the last guy. And the Vikings liked him, but the Vikings were really good, really deep at tight end when they got to Labor Day weekend and cuts down, and they were going to release him and then bring him back and put him on the, on the, on the practice squad. And LaFleur got through to him, connected with him, and sold him on coming to Green Bay, and they grabbed him, and, man, do they need him now with these mm-hmm. injuries. Now they're lining up this kid <laughs> for the first touchdown attempt against the Chiefs. So we went to Ben Sims after the game last night talking about that depth chart and getting his first touchdown in the NFL against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I, nothing I, nothing fancy. Doing what I'm asked to do at a high level, right? Um, just showing up for work every day. Uh, that play was thrown in our install uh, this week, and uh, I was excited to see it because I, I knew I had a chance at a touchdown. Um, and it fires me up that coach called it, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm so proud of uh, the team and what we've been able to accomplish. So, Ben, you're the first street on that play, right? Uh, yes, I was. So, I mean, when they call it, is there a little bit of an element of, like, like surprise, like almost a gadget to it? Like, they're not going to suspect it. 
Uh, yeah, there, there was some of that to it. Uh, it was kind of funny. We had a timeout right before, so we, we knew the play about two minutes before we actually ran it. So you're sitting there trying to talk yourself up and into it. And, you know, uh, blessed to be in the situation. Coach LaFleur trusted me. Uh, he called my number, and we were, able to, we were able to finish it up. Who were you concerned might be covering you pre-snap? Uh, either uh, down safety or the corner outside of me. Same play Tucker scored on versus the Lions. Uh, very similar. Different personnel grouping. More bigger guys on the field. But uh, the idea is very similar, yeah. Going from undrafted to working your way up, you know, focusing on the blocking and now getting an opportunity for some of these catches, um, what does it mean to get your first touchdown working through all you have in the last year? Uh, very surreal. You know, it's been a long time uh, coming, but I, I just I show up to work every day and I work hard, uh, and I couldn't have a better tight end room. Uh, those guys were encouraging. We bounce stuff off each other. We grow with each other. We push each other, and uh, I don't know, just – it's surreal. Um, I couldn't be more proud of our group and then our team. Start of this game, you guys are rolling. Quarterback is in rhythm, and you're kind of building off what you did last week by driving it down the field on the opening drive. You guys must just feel you got more of a rhythm you can click early in these games. Yeah, I think it kind of speaks to the confidence as a team. Uh, you know, we know who we are, we know what we're capable of, and we go out there and we prove it. So that's, that's who we try to be. You know, Mike, uh, him getting his catch, uh, I, I thought there were some big plays, big catches along the way as well, specifically Romeo Dobbs in that third down. I will say this, that third down play, that pass floated, and it seemed like it took an eternity to come down. And the only guy that was under it was Romeo Dobbs, man. I just could not believe that Kansas City's had, had that soft a coverage, and that thing just, just floated into the bucket, and he was able to come down with it and extend that drive. Exactly. And, and the time, Bill. It's yeah. middle of the fourth quarter. The Chiefs are only down by three. They get a field goal. This is going into overtime. It's probably going to be Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey for a touchdown, and they take the lead, and then they just they crush you. And what a shame. You went through three and a half quarters with the lead at home in prime time, and the Packers lose to the Chiefs, and the odds makers all win, right? And right. instead, and then you get a knucklehead offensive holding call on Rasheed Walker at left tackle. They back you up. 10 yards and there you are you know deep second and 16 on the on your own 17 with your back to the wall and Patrick Mahomes warm it up and say uh, yeah this is perfect I like I like what I'm seeing now and instead love makes that little move and he gets that ball over top and he hits Dobbs for 27 yards to get out of that mess and I talked to Romeo about that catch technically when you're backed up like that it's usually get back on track so it was expect a lot of, you know, in a situation like that, um, in a defense, obviously you want to clearly play soft and um, not play what you want to play on your base down. Um, it's a completely different situation. And, um, you know, it was a great call by a coach, uh, great ball by Jordan, and I was able to come down with that football and just convert and get a first down. You know, the one thing, Mike, you mentioned, the, the receivers and Christian Watson, big play, don't get me wrong, had a, a tremendous game, led with seven catches, a couple of touchdowns, but again, we see a hamstring. Again, he goes down and cannot finish a game. And these are the things that aggravate people. Just when he starts to get good, all of a sudden, next thing you know, it, the, the ter term China doll comes up because he just can't stay on the field. Do we know anything about that hamstring issue today at all? 
just that he was going to have MRIs on it. Now, he's standing there at his locker. He's able to stand for quite a while, but he took a lot of questions. I also know because, you know why? Because he's going to go away for another three or four weeks or longer, Mm -hmm. right? But it was like three minutes left in the game. A little short pass to Watson over the middle. He dips out to the left-hand side by the Chiefs bench there. And it looks like he was trying to slide, you know, but to to, to try and – Keep the the ball inbounds. They're trying to get the clock off there. They're trying to clock this game while they got the lead. Keep the ball away from from Patrick. And he ends up coming up with yet another hamstring injury. You saw him grab the back of it. But we talked to him though about you know you led the game with seven catches, the two touchdowns before leaving with a hamstring injury, and and what is working for the offense right now. Uh, I mean, I just think the offense as a whole is clicking a, a lot more. Um, I mean, I think we found our groove, uh, and we're just you know taking the momentum and, and everything that we've been building up uh, these past couple of weeks and, and rolling with it, and uh, it's, it's been showing. It's been showing, uh, but again, you know, if you lose him out of that personnel group, that does change the look of things just as the guy started to kind of become a real threat, not only in the back of the end zone, but also downfield. So, you know, now it's going to be even more incumbent on that offensive line, which has been kind of a mix-and-match proposition over the last couple of weeks where they've been trying to figure out competition-wise the best starters, the best personnel package for certain things. It's going to become more incumbent upon them to protect Jordan Love and give those receivers now downfield time to get open. Yeah, and as for the receiver core, of course, one goes down, another one you get back. Jaden Reed was in the game, but not 100% with this chest, probably a rib injury. Dontavian Wicks is back uh, a week after a concussion. So those guys are going to have to run those routes that maybe Watson had. And then what about the offensive line? Now, they're still messing around with that left tackle rotation. Uh, uh, Sean Ryan got in for a couple snaps at the right guard, I know, for John Runyon. i got to go back over the part of the tape to see what that was all about. And we'll ask LaFleur in about an hour or two about some of those moves. But then I went to Elton Jenkins, the veteran left guard, before he was headed out of the locker room about – you know, what is the progress that the offensive line is making along with Jordan Love, the receivers, and even the running backs? Steve Spagnuolo has been the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and that was one of my biggest concerns was this guy is going to come up with some kind of adjustment. They were doing some different no, things that looked like in the second half, but you guys were so clean those first two quarters. Did it feel that way? Oh, yeah, for sure. Just getting the ball down the field, scoring. I think on our first two drives, I want to say. Yeah. But just playing fast as a, um, as a unit was key. To be able to just get out, you know, get out and get a good lead on them. So, um, big ups to the offense, you know, becoming out starting fast for sure. You know, and when I see Ben Sims get a ball for a touchdown, when I see Patrick Taylor get a ball and pick up 19, 20 yards, I love when LaFleur trusts the depth chart because mm-hmm. that's going to be almost like a surprise play for the defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, those guys step up uh, in a major way. I'm glad they got to be able to see results for sure. You know, they put the work in each week to be able to go out there and make those plays. Before we went on this streak, this winning streak, we always had the guys. It was just about um, us putting it together as an offense, guys knowing what they're doing and just building a little experience. And so now, as you can see, we got um, guys making plays. Chemistry getting better, chemistry with the quarterback getting better as the receivers, tight ends, running backs, all that. So, um, Right now we're rolling. We just got to keep on and keep it going for sure. You know, Mike, uh, the other guy that we have really failed to mention is the fact that he's running so much better, A.J. Dillon. He's been a better pass catcher out of the backfield running the ball. So I would have thought he would have had over 100 yards yesterday. He didn't running the football, but, boy, he had some big moment runs yesterday. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you, Bill, when you watch some of the games in September and October, too, uh, if you can get a hold of the L-22, then you know why he was getting running into trash, because there was no damn hole there. Mm-hmm. There was. There were, there were, you know, it was Josh Myers. There was a couple of players, plays where that whole offensive line almost looked like the domino effect after they lost Bakhtiari, you know, in the opener after the, the Bears game. So I went to A.J., and besides, he had 18 carries for 73 yards. That averaged over four yards per carry. So he's just running with the ball, finding holes. They're doing better. That inside thing that they were doing with him last night uh, kept on fooling the Chiefs. But how about the one where he drifts out there to the left, and then Love gives him the ball. Now you've got A.J. Dillon in space going, as I'd said to him, in quadzilla mode. Now that's when their safety, Cook, I think he broke his ankle on that play, had to be carted off. But, man, if you can get A.J. Dillon on a short, high-percentage pass and get that dude in space, you know, with, with that power type back he is, he can do some damage. And I talked to him after the game. To get you in space and then go into quadzilla mode. I mean, yeah. it looked like it felt good. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, you know, I take a lot of pride in, and I sound like a broken record, but being, being available and helping the team out in any way. So that's yards in the flat. Um, you know, I've been able to do that kind of the last couple of weeks, be a reliable checkdown for uh, Jordan, uh, quarterback QB one. But more importantly, you know, my a great friend of mine. And so, you know, as a running back, obviously I'm going through my reads and all that stuff. But you know, if I can be a reliable target for him, if he can trust that, hey. You know, the play might not have gone the way we wanted it to. We might just get a yard or two. But, hey, maybe if I dump the ball down to A.J., he might have something happen. And, you know, that's that's who I want to be. That's who I strive to be. I don't care if it was for one yard or ten yards, whatever it ended up being. You know, it's about showing up, and it's about being consistent for me. Um, that's my mindset. And, uh, you know, I'm happy I was able to do that today. Big game, prime time. What do you do when you get home tonight to reward yourself? Is there something in the fridge you want to eat, or what's, what's, what's the game? Yeah, um, you know, I I do consider myself a Wisconsin native here, um, so everybody who's from Wisconsin knows exactly what I'm going to be getting into. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, come on, <laughs> come on. Just tell us you're going to have some beer and cheese curds, okay? Right. It's okay, but he's he's like afraid that's going to be oh that'll go viral and because you know what I was. I was channeling the great late Bud Lee, you know, the longtime columnist, yeah. you know, for the paper. Because yep. one yep. night after a game like this, he said to Favre, well, Brett, what do you do after a game like tonight? And he, and, and Favre kind of imitates. He goes, well, Bud, I suppose I'll go home, and Deanna will have some beans and rice cooking. So don't any of you come up to the house, because it's not going to be good. <laughs> 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 Oh, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Clements joining us on the hotline, and we'll uh, wrap things up with Mike. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. They have got the hockey tournament coming to the five serve. Stay tuned this week. We're going to be giving away some tickets. Compliments of our friends at Quick Trip. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
In the heart of downtown Milwaukee, there's an all-new Pottawatomie Casino Hotel, where there's a table waiting for you at 12 bars and restaurants, a winning seat at 40 table games or 3,000 slot machines, plus the thrill of bingo, full-service sports betting, and more. Are you ready to spark something new? Light up your senses at Pottawatomie Casino Hotel. Explore more at PaysBig.com. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. <laughs> Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231-2020. So that's either side of the coin. It works out for the Packers for the Chiefs. But Mahomes throws a pick to Keyshawn Nixon on the next play. Welcome back. Good to have you. Green and Gold Monday, Bill Michaels Show. Wrapping things up, our guy Mike Clements along for the ride. And uh, you know the one thing, Mike, I like at the end of the game, they talk so much and make such a huge deal about the pass interference that wasn't. I know Packers fans felt a little bit jobbed when Owens hit uh, Patrick Mahomes just before he went out of bounds, but Patrick Mahomes was pretty much a stand-up guy at the podium after the fact. Uh, He was. Uh, Andy was not. There were some... Reporter, uh, he said, uh, "Adam, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that right now." And I think it was, I think they were getting into the Isaiah Pacheco you know, ejection from the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy's shook, and uh, really, Andy Reid's a great coach, good guy to, to deal with. He kind of sounds like the voiceover for Winnie the Pooh, right? That he's asking <laughs> yes. for money, more honey. You know, that's going to be a great kid with Disney. And someday. you could see his big butt stuck in a stuck in a honey hole, so Fantastic. somewhere in a yeah. tree. Yeah, sure, no yeah. doubt. But for for the second week in a row, you've rattled head coaches. They're pulling their hair out. They lost to this rookie Packers team. They are pulling mm-hmm. their hair out. Now Patrick Mahomes, calm, composed. Ever since the first day, he was a humble kid looking for attention in the NFL. And Lee Steinberg's taking around and say, "Hey, Bill, would you would you talk to this kid for us, please?" Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's a quarterback, Texas Tech. Yeah. Okay, sure. Uh, and now here he is. He's been to three Super Bowls. That's a lot. Just let's ask some Green Bay Packer quarterbacks about that. And Patrick mm-hmm. was asked about, you know, the missed opportunities they had late in the game. Yeah, I think I think when I, I think when I look back at the tape, there's a couple of them I wish I would have gave them a chance. Um, I'm just kind of in the flow of the game. I, I went to other other spots and um, I didn't hit the guys in the, on the throws that I did try to make. And um, when you get to those big moments, you want to give your best guys chances to make plays and I mean I don't know for sure yet but I'm sure there's a couple of them I could have went to them you know Mike uh, we had talked a little bit about the the defense and what they did with Travis Kelsey 
it was interesting because there were times he was just floating free, you know, and then there were times where, you know, the Packers had some single coverage on him. But I overall, I mean, I, I can't believe Patrick Mahomes didn't look for, for Travis Kelsey more because that's really become the only reliable blanket he has. You know, now I didn't see that, uh, you know, watching the game. I was really spent a lot of time on binoculars. I could not believe how good of a job Packers defensive line was doing. So I was kind of looking for that. I was not looking to see if, if uh, Kelsey was out there floating around. But they did get this one big pick, you know, Keyshawn Nixon, um, uh, late in the game. And it was a ball that kind of floated. But we also asked Keyshawn Nixon, so did you guys, like you were asking last week, did you bracket him? Did you, did you double-team him in this mm-hmm. game? And, and Keyshawn Nixon says, we don't double-team anybody. We manned them up. And I think the first third down, he pushed off on me. They got an OPI. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. yeah, we didn't double anybody. Why? Because they have other guys that can hurt you too? No. What are we doubling one person for? We're good as defense, just like they're good on offense. Line up and play. It's not about them, it's about us. Dude, you can't come over here and show them. Mm-hmm. Look, I think I kind of like that. Like you flipped the game there. Hell yeah, I flipped the game. Call game. Should have called game, but dagger is Wayne calls it on the radio. The dagger. Yeah, the dagger. The dagger. Give me the dagger. And they got it. And the Packers get a win. Mike, great stuff as always. Uh, I know if you're like me, you're probably going to sleep at some point early, early tonight, even though I do want to watch the Monday night game. I don't know if I'll make it through it. Yeah, I know. But what a, what a great night, a memorable night. And, you know, you feel sorry that you sent to Andy Reid, Patrick. Travis Kelsey only answered one or two questions in his locker, and uh, Taylor Swift home weeping. I heard she left weeping. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yeah, she left. I, I I didn't I didn't see the weeping thing, but I, I could I could imagine it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine it. So. Big box of Kleenex on the on the Gulfstream home. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael. Great stuff. Go get some sleep. I'm going to do the same, and then we will talk later this week. Okay. Bill, I always appreciate it, brother. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Now, what One hell of a way to start the week. I'll tell you that right now. One hell of a way to start the week. Good stuff from our guy, Mike Clemens. And uh, that's going to do it. We wrap up the Green and Gold Monday. We got all kinds of stuff tomorrow. But until we talk 20 hours from now, time for us to go. Have a go. Whoop.